This podcast is produced on the land of the Wujak Noongar people, and we want to pay our respect to the elders past, present and emerging. Um, but yeah, it's great to be talking to you again, Leah, so soon after you came on as a guest. I know, it's nice to be back. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, so I think we should probably acknowledge that we've got a doctor on with us today as well for the f- for the first time, I think. First episode Wait, as a is doctor. It, is it? Is that me? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think, is this your first episode yeah. as a doctor? I think I it think might it be. I think it might be. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, wow. so Congratulations. Dr. Oh, thank you. That was very exciting. I'm very glad it's all over. Um, I The first thing that I did was um, we had to, my partner and I had to apply for a new credit card. And so on day two of being a doctor, I got a credit card that has a doctor caught me on it, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> the, the other thing that must be happening is that your parents must be extremely I'm proud to have two doctors in the house. <laughs> yes, I think so. Um, my my mum likes to say that she's um, uh, the least qualified person in the family. Uh, she makes that very well known. Um, yeah. uh, but she kind of forgets that they have a cat as well, so I hope she's more qualified than the cat. Uh, <laughs> um, no, yeah. but yes, she's, she's very proud of us both. <laughs> That's great. I, I should probably say as well, because we haven't, we haven't actually said it yet, that we welcome Leah as a, a new host to the podcast. That's the whole point of this conversation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, welcome. Thank Good to you. have also a, the third, third voice. <laughs> yeah. Another voice. Not a doctor yet, yeah. so I feel like I'm, yeah. <laughs> Give me some time and then I can, I can be at you guys' level, be a doctor as well. At the moment I'm right. as qualified yeah. as your cat. <laughs> Don't don't worry, Leah. I'm still I'm still in the same boat as you. So, yeah. but Craig, yeah. you have submitted now, which is also a new thing, I think. So I feel like this yeah. podcast is a just like a an update from all of us and um, the new edition of of Leah as well. So um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, what I have just realised though is that we've got three hosts and no guest. So that's new. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. reminiscent of some of our um, older episodes, Craig, where it was just us two rambling on for a bit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, if people who, who are keen followers of the podcast on Instagram may notice that we've been, we've been promoting some of our older episodes as uh, new content has been somewhat difficult to come by, uh, as largely because I've been out of action writing my the rest of my phd and whatnot so yeah but we do have some some good stuff in the pipeline um like without wanting to give any provide any spoilers um we we do have a conversation on the voice to parliament coming up um which would be great because i don't know about you guys but when i'm chatting about this with family and friends the most common thing that people ask me and they think i'd have all the answers for some reason um because uh, probably maybe because I've got you know studied law previously or something, they just don't understand what it means. What 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 yeah. this change actually means, like legally um, as yeah. well as uh, practically and and whatnot. So we thought we'd get um, and you know someone who who knows a bit more about it and and the impact that it may have on the the Aboriginal community in particular on to talk about it. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. How, how, what do you guys think about The Voice so far? Yeah, I've got similar stories of you. Of um, my family is a bit more. I have a bit more of an understanding uh, of what The Voice is, but I say most of my friends probably wouldn't be able to tell you that they, they wouldn't even know the date of when the referen- referendum is going to happen. So when I mentioned like, oh, we've mm-hmm. got a referendum vote coming up, this will be the first time, I believe, in our lives where we've had a chance to vote in a referendum and people just don't know about it. And then when they search the information, I think that everyone's very confused and it doesn't seem to be as much like clear, concise information of what it is. So if you're coming in from someone who's not really engaged in the news, which since COVID, I've got to say, most people haven't really been engaging with the news after such a every day looking at all the cases and everything. I think a lot of people took a step back from the news. So now because they're not really engaged and haven't really heard the conversations, it's actually really quite hard to just Google and find concise information. Like a lot of friends have tried and they're they're struggling. So it's just starting. I think people now are just starting to have conversations about what is it? What, how is it actually going to work? And yeah, I think there's still a lot of confusion around it, at least for people my age. Okay. And just with your political science hat on, because I know that's mm-hmm. you know where you started originally, how, how do you see this all playing out, and and you know the politics of it, and the tactics that each side are sort of using or not using? I think it's going to be difficult for it to pass because historically referendums uh, have not been very successful because you need to have fifty percent of the country and then fifty percent of each of the states. It's it will be a challenge, especially. I believe that no referendum has passed without bipartisan support. So because we haven't had bipartisan support, look, it, we could break tradition, but it's, mm. it, I think it will be very difficult. And I think because from the get-go there wasn't a really clear message of what it is, what the voice is, as this first kind of step, I think that's going to be very hard to get that message out there of what it is because i think a lot of people are very open to the idea and very supportive but as you said with confusion so i just hope it doesn't turn really nasty the sort of political because at the moment it's become very political of oh well that's labor versus liberal and i'm I, i don't think it should be about politics i don't think it should be about those two sides but i think because it is it's going to make it harder for it to pass yeah I mean, I, I, I'm a casual observer of politics and I did politics at school, so I, f- I find it kind of interesting and, and also boring at the same time depending on what era we're in. But I feel like the, the issue sort of presented an opportunity for the leader of the Liberal Party uh, who has been fairly unpopular in the polls, like personally, like he's not overly charismatic and doesn't seem to have much personal popularity, but it provided an opportunity for him to really criticise the government on something when they hadn't really given him much up until then. And so it seems like rather than debate the issue on its actual merits, it's all about point scoring and trying to make the other side look as bad as possible. And if he somehow convinces people to, to vote no to the referendum, um, then, you know, he'll probably chalk that up as a win. Uh, I don't know if, if that would translate to him kind of becoming a stronger candidate for prime minister at some point but it may Mm. but it just seems like people are talking about everything but the voice even though 
you know, in their in their arguments for and against it, they're talking about all these other sort of issues around whether you can tick or put an X in the box instead of a yes or no, and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> and, I guess and I think that's, that's one, yeah. one of the other. Yeah, one one of the other things that kind of makes me concerned is like, what is the outside perspective of this? Like, if we don't get a yes vote. Every other country is just going to think that we are incredible racists, which, you know, some of the country are. We Like Australia is kind of known for being a bit racist, um, but really that kind of solidifies it. So, yeah, that's that's yeah. my perspective. I just think that, you know, the, the outside world are just going to laugh at us. <laughs> well, that's uh, Penny Wong and Julie Bishop came out, uh, and particularly Julie Bishop is obviously mm. former Liberal from the Liberal Party mm. and we're one of the only, if not the only Commonwealth country which doesn't have some sort of treaty with our First Nations people. So we are already very behind most of the world when it comes to that. And, yeah, she said the exact same thing of how is the rest of the world going to look at us if we don't have a vote like that? Because I think a lot of countries, I've talked to you know, Canadians and, and they're going, New Zealand is like, I'm. they're just puzzled by there hasn't been something like that already in Australia, mm. it seems They've just kind of been, they've just assumed that we've had some sort of treaty or like, telling them that you know, Indigenous people aren't even in the mm. Constitution. It's just confusion. Like, they can't, in disbelief that we haven't. So it'll be, yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be yeah. interesting to see how it all plays out. But I'm. <sighs> yeah. I, my, my, yeah. My view is there's been some really boneheaded arguments that have been just <laughs> left. They've been left unchallenged, if you like, for too long. Yeah. Stuff stuff around, you know, government's going to come to a screeching halt because average, the Aboriginal advisory body, the the voice, is going to start challenging everything in court because they're going to have this somehow implied power based on this change to the constitution, which is every legal scholar or just, just about every legal scholar and I suspect the ones that aren't included in that probably have some sort of political axe to grind. To say that that's absolutely, you know, absolutely nonsense. There's no way that those the words that have been proposed to be inserted into the constitution would have that legal effect. You know, there's no way the high court would somehow imply all all of these additional powers, etc. Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously that scares people who don't know any any better. Um, but I I'm just stunned that. From what I understand, the the yes campaign is is much better funded than the no campaign, and yet they seem to get a, a fraction of the airtime that the no campaign's getting in terms of media and interviews and stuff like that. And I just don't really understand how that's happening. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's very to me. similar to Brexit. I because I was living in Europe at the time when mm. and when I was over there, I remember seeing the BBC and the split of the coverage was so unequal. I remember sitting and there was a 20-minute ad for why Brexit is a good thing and it was like a two-minute ad for why they should remain. And I just remember thinking, like, I don't know how this passed. It's, I assumed there was going to be equal coverage and there just, there just wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, going back, going back to the point of people not knowing about with the courts and everything, we had very, very similar arguments came up with Marbo when that um, high court decision mm. was made. Very, very similar. That a lot of the concerns that are being brought forward now were concerns back then, and we've seen that Australia didn't collapse with Marbo. No. The world continued. It did a lot of good for 
a lot of communities across Australia. But I think, yeah, once people have these concerns and they hold on to it, it's it's very hard to have open yeah. arguments and open discussions about these things. Yeah. And the, the other thing is I feel like there's a bit of a kind of self-defeating argument saying that once you've made this change, that's it. It's there forever. And the fact that you're making this change shows that nothing is there forever and it's potentially mm-hmm. changeable in the future. So that argument falls over straight away because if if the voice is introduced and it's a, a complete disaster and pretty much the majority of Australia thinks that, you know, I'm sure that whoever's in power would take steps to either change it or remove it, you know, if it was that much of a disaster, which I don't think it would be because it's, it's a, it's, it's just sort of a symbolic kind of fairly tokenistic gesture in its current proposed form. It, it's, it's just sort of bringing back something that has been there at various times throughout our history. We've had an Aboriginal advisory body, you know, at different periods of time. We had ATSIC, the um, Abris- Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander Commission, and we had various iterations of that that were creatures of statutes, which meant that they could you know, they passed the law in parliament to bring these bodies into effect and then they just as quickly passed laws to take them away again. And I think that's the whole point of the voice is they're trying to make it more difficult to take it away by putting it in in the constitution. And, you know, yes, there were some issues with some of those bodies over the years based on personalities and stuff like that. But I feel like if something's there and it's in place, it'll evolve as it needs to, you know. There'll be good and bad policy decisions um but it'll sort of evolve as it needs to like like any like i mean look at icac in in new south wales you know the inter, the uh investigation oh, i can't even remember independent commission against corruption yes yeah so yeah and then they've brought in a federal version of icac which is called the nac the national anti-corruption commission and there's all there's always naysayers saying oh this is going to be you know, ruining lives and doing this, that, and the other, and it has it has ended quite a few political careers, but some of those careers were justifiably ended, you know, based mm. on the evidence that came out. Um, you know, yeah, and, and stuff. astounding. We didn't have it at a national level. I I remember yeah that coming out. It's like again, we're one of the few countries in the world which doesn't have something like that. I just I found it kind of astounding that federal yeah. federal parliament's managed to get away with not having a body to oversee corruption. I know. When so much corruption has been identified in WA and Queensland Mm -hmm. and New South Wales and Victoria over the years, you know, there's been all sorts of scandals. To to think that that wasn't happening at a federal level is, yeah, obviously biggest belief, doesn't it? because everyone on the federal level are open and honest and and clean people, you know. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right i think maybe um that that's a good uh, teaser for the the episode when we record it and it's uploaded but i'm not sure whether we should give too much more away of no. that conversation no but we have got a great yeah. guest coming on we'll say that much we do yeah, yeah. so we should yeah. be able to explore quite a lot of those different views um which will be yeah. really really exciting you know and and flagging a few other a couple of other topics um I'd say women in STEM subjects. So I always get a struggle with what STEM is. Is it science, technology, something in math, engineering and mathematics? Is that right? Yeah. Yep. So, yep. so yeah, we're going to have a guest that will probably be able to 
uh, speak to that. Um, and then the cost of living crisis, we're going to look at that a little bit as well because that's, you know, in public health, that's a, that's a major concern, you know, given social determinants of health really dictate how people's lives are going and how well they are and that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if you guys have noticed much to do with the cost of living, you know, um, in recent no, times. Yeah. I saw, no. no? Okay. Oh. It's, uh, it's very big at the moment, uh, cost of living mm. and yeah. different things so, coming up. Well, I, I, what um, I've no- uh, you go, Craig. I was just going to say what I've noticed is we, we bought a house, my, my wife and I, recent, like in the last few months, and we've seen, I think, three interest rate increases <laughs> since, <laughs> since we, since oh, we bought it. Yeah. And um, for, fortunately, uh, like for us, uh, we have budgeted – at the sort of top end of the interest rates because people who bought a house a couple of years ago were probably paying very little in terms of interest. And so they would have seen a massive jump. Yeah, Courtney, you've been one of them. Um, (laughs) But even that, even those three kind of relatively small increases, you you do notice like the dollar amount is kind of crazy how much it increases by. Mm, Absolutely. Um, Yeah, it's been been pretty crazy, that stuff. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so that's what I was going to mention is like I do most of the, the grocery shopping for our household, but uh, every so often uh, my partner has to because um, I'm doing things. Um, so, and he's noticed uh, the, the price increases of things like tin tomatoes because um, since I'm the one who usually does it every week, I've seen those gradual increases, but because he's like – has a month apart or something suddenly everything increases quite dramatically and Mm. like i don't particularly notice it but he's definitely noticed it over the past two years where yeah food's just skyrocketed which is crazy but also like coles and woolies have reported some of their best profits as well and you'd think that Mm. maybe they could be tied together (laughs) yeah it's been there's been some great ones on tiktok and Mm-hmm. They had Coles had the meal deal. It was a few years ago. It was a great advertising campaign, like feed your family for under ten dollars. Mm-hmm. And now people are recreating those recipes, going. It's like sometimes it's up to like thirty, forty dollars. It's crazy. Then now it's like a Batesier type guy who's been going to different Coles and Woolworths and kind of painting over their logos. So it's like <laughs> it was like Woolworths the. Um, oh, the corruption people or something like that, and they're doing the same okay. thing for mm-hmm. Coles as a way of going. There's yeah, stuff is profiteering, profiteering yeah. big time. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's not been a good couple of weeks for corp- big corporations in Australia because Qantas mm-hmm. has obviously had that disaster, mm-hmm. you know, with um, charging people for cancelled flights, selling cancelled flights up to I think four weeks or something after they'd been cancelled, which I thought was just incredible. I don't know how you get away with that. There's there's also um, Oh, I've forgotten the word for it, but um, there's been a, a call to action against Australian Super. I think it's literally just happened today. And the reason why I know about that, so I don't actually follow a lot of news or politics or anything like that. I just don't remember any of that stuff. But I, I, I know that the news today with Australian Super is that um, they've been creating multiple accounts for the same person and then charging them fees 
um, for each of those accounts and then making it very, very difficult to merge those accounts. Um, and the only reason why I know is because I'm one of those people. So I remember oh. as a 19 year old, I had four Australian super accounts and it took me two years to get them merged and I didn't get any of the fees back for it. Um, wow. So I'm very excited that they've been pulled up for a class action. It's very, very exciting. Yeah. I suspect oh, that, yeah. They, yeah, they'll have to change that and re- reimburse people, surely. I hope so. Yeah, no. So, yeah. my, my dad, I remember my dad helping me with that because, yeah, every time I got a new casual job, you had to mm-hmm. go with this one and then trying to put it together. I think, I, I don't know how much super I probably would have lost. I probably would have lost. Yeah, I, I, well, yeah, I was sitting working. on, yeah, I was sitting on like basically no super for probably the first six years of my work because of all of this stuff. So, wow. um, yeah, so there, there's been quite a few big companies and organizations being pulled up over the past uh, few months um, including Qantas and, and Australian Super so I'll be excited to see how all that kind of ends yeah definitely mm. yeah <laughs> so you, you guys aren't eyeing a, a career in the private sector then uh, well, you know, maybe it's um, for our benefit that we can pull them up on and be like, hey, you know, it's <laughs> what you should be I th- doing. I think that's one of the perks of working in academia or, in a, you know, another sort of quasi-public sector related job is that you can really be quite critical and, um, mm-hmm. you know, brave about what you say. Whereas, you know, if, you're, if your income is dependent on a private corporation and you've got to basically tell lies about that corporation, you know, to get, to get paid, then I'd find that pretty hard to, to reconcile in my own head. But mind you, like I know a number of people that work in um, mining companies and things like that. And the conversations that we've had around the like ethics um, behind mining companies, um, is it, it's a very different perspective. So I, I do think that if, you know, if you work for one of these companies early on, they they really fight to change your opinion about it um, mm-hmm. because, yeah, the conversations I've had with my friends that work there are all very positive from their side. They say, like, look at all of this amazing work that we have done. Like we know that it's mining, coal, whatever, mm-hmm. but here's everything else that we do. And it's like, mm, yeah, but... Um, so yeah, it's interesting conversations with, with people that have been in there for a long time. Um, yeah, so Leah, I was going to ask you, do you have any high hopes for particular topics that you might be wanting to be looking at in the future for the podcast? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. I think it'd just be great to talk to guests where I get to learn about something that I don't normally get a chance to learn about. I especially love learning about like people's stories and how then when something happens out and then inspires something. So even if it's within understanding more about the STEM world as I'm you know, I've moved from political science to population health, so I'm getting more of an idea of uh, STEM and as my friends who are in the actual sciences will say, I'm actually doing a science now, not just <laughs> political science, which isn't a science. So I think learning about different things like that is always always going to be exciting. I'm just happy to yeah. learn. I'm, a, I'm 
<laughs> just really excited to talk to some really interesting people and learn a lot. And hopefully the listeners will also we'll be, can learn. We can learn alongside each other. I think that would be that would be very exciting. Yeah. I think that's the general idea. And I, I, speaking for myself, there's definitely been episodes where we've had guests on where I knew nothing about their area that they were talking about and came out with some level of understanding. So, yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Absolutely. Um, I feel like you learn so much and some of the favourite, some of my favourite conversations are the um, ones kind of around advocacy and their, their own stories. Um, mm. So... Yeah, I guess like the two that I kind of bring up a lot um, with friends and family are um, uh, Brad McDonald's sepsis story, um, Mm -hmm. as well as uh, our schizophrenia episode. And um, then we went down to Bunbury and interviewed all the people from, I've forgotten which group it is, but they had all their stories about um, drug addiction, which was very, very good. Doors wide, Doors open, wide open, that organisation. Yes. Yeah. That's so right. That was... Yeah. So those kind of things are, are my favourites. I love hearing about people's personal stories. Yeah. Like that sounds like the lived experience um, episodes have been the ones that have resonated with you there, Courtney. Well, so for me, yeah. I guess, I don't know how other people learn, but when it's a, a personal story, I'm far more likely to remember it, which is why I don't remember any of this, like, politics business because uh, it's too it's too much for me. Mm. But when someone tells me a good story, like, I, mm, I'm sweet, I'll remember it. <laughs> That's yeah. very humans love stories. That's how we yeah. our brains are yeah. wired that way. But it- that's right. So, we, yeah, that's it. So when... Um, yeah, when people are struggling to get their point across about, say, like a policy idea or something like that, often their next step is to get an individual who can demonstrate per- from personal experience why that policy is important, but just by telling their story. Um, and we, we actually had Taryn Harvey on in a recent episode, which you might want to go and listen to from, she's the CEO of Wham. And she was saying that, you know, the lived experience stories are the ones that often uh, get politicians listening, you know, when they haven't listened up until now. Yeah, actually going yeah. to, when I was a journalist, you go to press conferences and often when it was an introduction to a new policy, uh, they would have people to ex- share their lived experiences, especially if it's a policy which, you know, especially if they wanted to get the media attention because they wanted to get it out there, they would often have people sharing their own thing or they had when they were talking about fraud, the police would bring in someone who has actually experienced fraud to go, you know, I'm, I'm an intelligent person and this is, you know, I feel silly for falling for it as a way of helping other people to learn for that very yeah. reason. Yeah, excellent. Good stuff. All right. Well, I think that gives us people a bit of an intro as to what they can expect, uh, a bit of a preview, I should say, of what they can expect in the oh, coming months. a bit months. of ramble. <laughs> Yeah, we've covered yeah, exactly. so many different topics. That's exactly, and that's so exactly what people. Tea with us. That's right. That's what, that's what people can expect moving forward. Yeah, just, so, just you know, hour-long rambles. It sounds good. Yeah, hour-long like rambles. Yeah. Get yourself, a, get yourself a drink. Get comfortable. If you yeah. have a cat, get the cat to like sit on your lap, and then just—it's like you're here with us. You're here with that's us, right. enjoying our ramble. That's it. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, we look forward to bringing you the next episode and um, the next episode that Leah joins us on, which will be her first as a host. And, uh, yeah, yes, we'll, we'll be in touch. Exciting. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, Courtney, do you want to show Leah your skills oh. at, at remembering our email address and yes. Twitter handles and all yes. this sort of stuff? It's taken me over a year to fully <laughs> memorise um, all of our different handles and things. And to be honest, it's still not perfect, but you can email us if you would like to at meaningofhealth at outlook.com. Uh, you can tweet at us at health means what, um, and that's the same handle for Instagram. Uh, and you can find us on Facebook as well. Um, so if you'd like to talk to us, uh, have a chat, comment on something we've said, tell us how wrong we are, whatever you'd like to do, just reach out and we will be happy to connect with you, our audience. Um, so we look forward to talking to you. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. Stay, stay yeah. safe, everyone. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with you soon. The Meaning of Health podcast is produced with the support of the Education Enhancement Unit and the School of Population and Global Health at the University of Western Australia. The podcast is produced by Craig Cumming and Courtney Webber with editing, mixing and additional music by Craig Cumming.